welcome aboard Just Jets with your captain, Matt O'Leary. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to Just Jets episode number 61. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary here with you and we have a lot to get into in today's episode. We have the fallout from the Sam Darnold trade to get into your reactions in the voicemails. We have NFL draft this month, so we will do the Jets biggest needs coming into the NFL draft and so much more. But before we get started, the NFL draft season is upon us. It's possible that you might have Trevor Lawrence's haircut in your pants. No good. We don't like that. That's why our partners at Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming, have partnered with us to make sure you don't have to gamble on shaving your balls like you do on the NFL. So with my promo code, JETS20, you can get 20% off and free shipping. That's right, 20% off and free shipping on the on top of that with any of their products. Got the lawnmower 3.0, the cologne that I always talk about, and of course the weed whacker and so much more. So check it out over at manscaped.com and get yourself something nice. So with that, let's jump into today's episode number 61. And we had the Sam Darnold trade, which we knew was coming. It came the day of course, as I released the podcast last week. So it's old news at this point, but you know, we'll get your reactions in the voicemails and stuff like that. What I wanted to focus on today was what I look to be at the Jets five biggest needs heading into the draft. So some honorable mentions before we get into what I think the top five are. Uh, These are positions that I think the Jets should take swings at in the draft as well, but I just don't know if they're as pressing as some of the other needs. And that is edge running back, tight end and wide receiver those four positions so let's talk about running back I expect the Jets to grab a mid-round running back to get with uh, Ty Smith and of course uh, Tevin Coleman who they just brought in so I think running back is definitely something the Jets will take in the mid-rounds wide receiver just always good to grab more depth their wide receiver core is pretty solid as is so I don't think they're going to take one super high in this draft you have Corey Davis who you paid a good chunk of money to Denzel Mims should be taking a step forward uh, they brought in Keelan Cole from the Jaguars, who I like a lot, and Jamison Crowder is still on the roster, one of the better slots. So those are four pretty solid receivers, and then maybe you could add one in the mid-rounds to put as wide receiver number five. I would say that's probably pretty fair. Edge, the Jets did a lot to bring in a couple of depth guys like Vinny Curry, um, and they have Bryce Huff, who's a depth guy already, and then they went out and paid Carl Lawson. So I don't think the Jets need to spend a premium asset on that position anymore. Um, just because of all the stuff that they've been able to do in free agency at it. And it's a position of need. So I definitely think that maybe you can grab one in the, again, maybe grab in the later rounds, but I don't think it's something that you need to do at 23 or 34, which wasn't really necessarily case just a month ago. And what was the other one I mentioned? Oh my God, tight end. There we go. Tight end. So I like Chris Herndon. I think he could be good. And you brought in Tyler Koff to be more of a blocker. But having another receiving threat is probably good, a good idea. In my mock draft yesterday uh, that I put out, I had the Jets taking a tight end in the sixth round who has some upside. Um, so maybe the Jets decide to go that route. But, so those are some of my honorable mentions. So let's get into what I think the actual, the, the big needs are. So coming in, the, the biggest need right now is quarterback. Uh, because right now, James Morgan is your quarterback one. And that's only going to be for a couple more weeks here. But quarterback is going to be selected at number two. More than likely, it's going to be Zach Wilson. Probably upwards of 
90% it's going to be Zach Wilson. Uh, Justin Fields, I think, is worthy of a top two pick. I think he should go in the top five. It's going to be crazy if San Francisco decides to take Mac Jones over him. But um, right now it looks like all signs are pointing to the Jets grabbing Zach Wilson at number two, which I like. He's my QB2 in this draft. And I, I think it would be a home run kind of a pick from Joe Douglas, and he's getting his guy to align with Robert Sala himself and the Jets offense all building together. So quarterback is definitely going to be the pick at number two. More than likely, it's going to be Zach Wilson. Slimmer of hope or slimmer chance, depending on how you look at it if, and who you want, that it's somebody other than Zach Wilson. But to me, I think that's a very good pick at number two overall. And something that Jets fans could be excited about. He could throw on the run. He has the deep ball, the accuracy on the deep ball, which is impressive. Um, and the arm angles, which is just super, super fun to watch him throw from all different kinds of angles. Yes, people are going to bring up the competition. Yes, some people are going to bring up the injuries from two years ago. It's a little bit of a concern, of course, but there are zero perfect prospects in the NFL draft, but he is a very, very good one. Uh, so I expect him to be the pick at number two. Another need and probably the second most important need behind quarterback is offensive line. Right now you have left tackle figured out for the long term. You have a pretty good, not great, but pretty good center in Connor McGovern. And you have a pretty good right tackle. The guard positions are not great. So I expect the Jets to go heavy on the interior. They could take someone like Creed Humphrey and have him play center and move McGovern over to guard. And that helps things out. Maybe you cross your fingers and pray that Elijah Vera Tucker falls to 23 Wyatt Davis. I fully expect them to address offensive line early, either at pick 23 or 34, I think is going to be uh, where the jets look uh, because they need probably, they still probably need two starting guards and whether that is again, sliding Connor McGovern over to one of those positions or just addressing it in the draft. I, I think adding to this offensive line, has to be a priority for uh, Joe Douglas. So O-line is right there at number two. Number three is starting caliber outside corner. You look at this team right now, they have Bryce Hall, who I'm high on and I like a lot, but you need more than just Bryce Hall on the outside. You need a a guy who can be a number one, which they don't have. So I definitely look, I know a lot of people are going to say, Oh my God, you draft your quarterback in two and you might as well just go all offense after that. Well, yes, you do have to grab offensive linemen and weapons for him. I agree, but you don't have that luxury of passing on not grabbing a, a corner. You you desperately need an outside corner. So that's my third need for this Jets team. Right behind that is slot corner. The Jets don't have one. Like Javelin Gidry, I guess, is their slot corner right now. And he played a handful of games. For whatever reason, they refused to bring in Poole. They decided not to go and bring in one of the San Francisco cornerbacks for now. We know that could possibly change as this goes on. Maybe if they decide to, you know, sign a guy like Richard Sherman, then they could wait on drafting an an outside cornerback and maybe double up on offensive line and then grab, you know, a slot corner in like round two or three, like Elijah Molden, someone like that. But right as it stands right now, how the roster is, Outside corner and slot corner are still very much so a need. And you also need linebacker help. Outside of C.J. Mosley, this is not a very deep linebacker team. And, like, after this year, C.J. Mosley is most likely gone. So they desperately need some development there. Can't have any faith or trust in a guy like Blake Cashman who can't stay on the field. 
He's a sneeze away from ending, landing on injured reserve again. Um, they, they need more at linebacker. So while it's not a sexy position and not something that I would like to take in the first two rounds, if you want to grab uh, a Monty Rice from Georgia in round four, sure. If you want to grab someone like that and, you know, a, a mid-round guy, three, rounds three, four, five, that's when I would start looking at linebacker. Um, and to me, the, those are big needs on the defense. And with Robert Sala, he is a defensive-minded coach, so he's going to want his defensive guys as well as offense. I just think this draft has to be balanced. So many people are going to say, oh, this has to be so offensive heavy, which I agree. You do have to do your due diligence on the offensive side of the ball and maybe prioritize some key positions on the offensive side of the ball. But you can't just say, hey, I don't really care about slot corner or outside corner in today's NFL and expect to have any kind of success. It's just that's how the game is played. You need a good slot corner, and the Jets have had one in pool, but I don't know why they won't bring him back. And on on the outside right now, it's going to be pool and – excuse me, not pool. Uh, it's going to be Hall and Bless on Austin. I think you need more than that to get by. So if Greg Newsom sitting there for you at, at 23, you tell me you don't take him? I would. I think I would. He's a perfect fit in this scheme. He's a physical player, athletic player. That seems to be right up the alley of both Robert Sala and Joe Douglas. I wouldn't be surprised if they go cornered that early. Uh, to me, that's the big need. So quarterback, O-line, outside corner, slot corner, linebacker, with some a little bit of a step down from those needs. Running back, tight end, wide receiver, and edge. Uh, those are really the positions that I expect the New York Jets to attack in the NFL draft, and that's where I think Joe Douglas decides to go. So with that in mind, keep that in the back of your head, and let's get into some of these voicemails and reactions from the from the Sam Darnold trade up into the draft and all kinds of stuff. Charlie in Wisconsin is up first, and he wants to talk about George Fant and the offensive line. Hey, Matt. I realized I – oh, it's Charlie from Wisconsin. I realized – Last time I called, it was Easter, and uh, the New York Jew and me forgot that that meant we probably already recorded the show. But anyway, True. I had a really weird hot take, but I think it could actually work. So let's talk okay. about George Fan. So even though he's played a long time, he's still pretty raw. He didn't play. I don't think he played football even in college until like his last year. So he doesn't have very much experience. He was the swing tackle in Seattle for five years, so he didn't play too many snaps. Right. So because he's so raw... To me, one advantage of that is that he could potentially switch positions. So what if the Jets on draft day 23 go out and draft Kevin Jenkins and then cut Alex Lewis and slide George, slide George Fan all the way to left guard to have best five out there? What would you think of that? Hmm. Okay. It's intriguing. I don't know if it's the route that I would necessarily go. I think Jenkins is pretty solid. Um. Maybe they do. And I think that George Fant is athletic enough to make a a move like that and have some success, and he still has some pretty good size. I I like Fant at tackle. I do. I know he's not a long-term solution, but if he's here, he got a three-year deal, so if he's here for next year and the year after on top of that, I'm okay with it. I, I think he's, he's good. To me, if you want to go offensive tackle, I would look to grab one a little bit later and have them as a developmental guy to maybe take over in a year or two. I really like Fan at right tackle. I, I think my plan would be to draft Humphrey and move McGovern or find a way to get Wyatt Davis or another guard. Maybe a guy like Leatherwood could move inside with his size. So 
there's a few ways that Joe Douglas can go. That's definitely one of them. I don't know if it's my favorite route, but it is definitely an interesting thought with Fant, who, as you mentioned, is kind is kind of an athletic freak and can do a little bit of everything. So it wouldn't shock me if that ended up happening, but I don't know if it's my preferred option. Thank you, Charlie, for checking in. Let's get to James in New Jersey, and uh, he's got some reaction to the Sam Darnold trade. Mario, yep. it's your boy James from New Jersey. What's going on? It's been a while. Um, so, of course, you're probably going to get a million voicemails about the Sam Darnold trade reaction. So this is one of the millions that you probably heard. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, it was bound to happen. Obviously, most people speculated that it was going to happen the night of the draft or um, day two of the first uh, day two of the draft, but it happened 25 days before. Now, with that being said, I'm gonna I'm gonna I have a question. I have a reaction. Actually, a question. Anyway, here we go. So I think you remember when I first time called in for you. I asked you, would we be upset if Sam Darnold rips it up against the Jets? If we play him to the team that we traded, well, guess what, Matteo? He got traded to Carolina, and we play Carolina this year. So how, I, I kind of hope we'll see what happens. But you know, I still something something's gonna happen that's not gonna go to Jets. We'll see what happens. So do you think he will rip it up with us uh, against us now that he's a Carolina Panther if he potentially becomes a quarterback? Second part question: Do you think? That Sam Darnold, if of course he becomes a starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers, do you think Sam Darnold can thrive in a Joe Brady offense? Because Joe Brady is an up-and-coming offensive coordinator, and it seems like he, you know, Joe Brady kind of got Joe Burrow to where he's at in the NFL from being an LSU. I think Joe Burrow, I'm sorry, Joe Brady can help Sam Darnold and fix him and be the talent that he is. So let me know what you think. Thank you for listening. I hope you get this. And as always, go Jets. Thank you, Matt. Really appreciate you checking in there, James. Um, I think he has a chance to be – that was my phone. I think he has a chance to be solid in Carolina, but I don't think it's going to be anything more than like a middle-of-the-pack quarterback. And what I mean by that is maybe he turns into like Jimmy G, Jared Goff, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, someone like a quarterback in that range. I don't think he has that top – 10 like prospect anymore that we originally thought coming out and that he flashed a little bit in his rookie year. I just think at this point in his career, expecting him to be this massive, massive outlier is a huge stretch. He's going to have to do something that pretty much no one did. And people are going to go to Ryan Tannehill and say that, oh, he, he had success. But I mean, if we're just being honest here, Ryan Tannehill was better early on in his career than what we've seen from Sam Darnold. And I know the situations are different. I understand it. There was so much to go on with Sam Darnold and his first three years here with the Jets. But I wouldn't be really worried about that. I think Joe Douglas made the right call in deciding to move on and get his guy. And it didn't work here. And I feel bad that it didn't work here. And I was high on the kid. I just don't, I don't know if he's going to have this massive resurgence where he's a top 10 quarterback in the league. Can he be average to slightly below average? Probably. He could be an okay starter, maybe. But I don't think he's going to be this elite player. And with the Jets picking at two, you have a chance to reset the clock and get a prospect who can be an elite level player, which wouldn't you need uh, to have success in this league. So hopefully that answers your question, James. Uh, we have Travis in Ohio up next, and he has some reaction to the Darnold trade as well. Hey, Matt. Yo. Travis from Ohio. <laughs> What's up, buddy? Hey, buddy. I was way wrong on my call in last week 
about Tim Darnold when I thought the market had dried up, was worth keeping him and not picking him with his fifth-year option. Carolina Panthers are still in the market. You were correct that you can't keep both him and the quarterback we take at number two and and Sam, but actually pick Carolina picked up his fifth year option. Yep. So I was wrong again. And, and I suck. <laughs> you know who doesn't suck though? Oh. Again, Broadway Joe Douglas. <laughs> Prove me right again because I praised him because he got way more than we thought, just like the Jamal Adams trade. People in GMs aren't going to trade it with him anymore because he just fleeces them like the original gangsta he is. <laughs> anyway, um, we still have acquired no former Colts defensive backs or overpaid for somebody over 30 or a running back. So again, love Joe Douglas's offseason and glad the quarterback debate is finally over for for all our remaining sanity. Yes. Which is very little. Very little agree. But anyway, <laughs> I wish Sam and everybody but the Patriots, Dolphish and the Bills and their fans nothing but happiness. Love you. You're just bye. Thank you so much, Travis. Always appreciate hearing from you. Um, and I think you hit it, man. Joe Douglas has had a really good off season. Uh, it was it perfect. No, it's very rare that you have a perfect off season, but we have to see what he does in the NFL draft before we can completely grade his off season. In my eyes, it's kind of what I was saying all along. I think I understand some people were frustrated with free agency. I think it was fine. Um, there were areas where maybe he could have did things a little bit differently, but um, I will say this. I was surprised that he was able to get three picks for Sam Darnold. The the second, fourth, and sixth, well, the sixth is this year, the second and the fourth is next year. Those three picks added up is like a middle of the first round. So value-wise, he did a solid job with Sam. It's not the same kind of shock level that I had with the Jamal Adams trade, but it is a, a, a really good haul for a quarterback who's, struggled early in his career so i think you could say that it's a, a good trade for both sides um carolina's taking a shot uh not dumping a ton of money in there to him um and, and clearly matt rule really likes uh sam Darnold. that seems to be obvious there so uh thanks travis let's get to lucas up next he's in new jersey and he wants to talk about trading back not with the number two pick but with 23 hi um lucas from new jersey um, calling in to talk about something I'm surprised not many people have talked about. A trade down, but not from two because, well, by Sam. Uh, looks like we're getting Zach Wilson, which I don't seem Sam, but is what it is. Uh, go Zach Wilson. But a trade down from number 23, and obviously this would be a draft day move because you rarely see, like, you know, move ups from anything outside the top 10, uh, until draft sure. day. But I'm looking at the board and, um, I was saw New Orleans at 28, and right at 24 behind the Jets is Pittsburgh. And I was thinking, you know, what if Pittsburgh 
you know, would pull what uh, Green Bay did last year and take their future QB to sit behind Big Ben. And, you know, New Orleans is not a QB and they're worried about that and they trade with the Jets. Or does, you know, simple, there's a position in need for another team behind 23 there and they trade up and get it. And honestly, if there's still a good amount of corners and interior linemen, which I'm sorry, 23 has to be a corner or interior lineman. But there's still a good amount of them left at 23, and Douglas is comfortable sitting on his hands a couple more picks. Why not? And you get another second rounder or maybe a third rounder, and you're looking at even higher draft capital, which, you know, you could go out and get another receiver or a tight end with that later pick. And, you know, um, I just thought that was an interesting idea. And unless, you know, at 23, the uh, interior lineman and corners are slim, and you got stay there and pick it, but, you know, just an idea I thought that was interesting, not many people were talking about, so yeah, uh, go Jets, and I know you're a Islanders fan, so I'm going to say this, let's go Rangers, <laughs> and go Yankees. And Yankees too? Oh, <laughs> that's funny, I like that, Lucas, that was good. Um, depending on how the board breaks, I wouldn't be shocked, I think you bring up a lot of really good points there. Um, and it's all kind of contingent on what happens on draft night. So you're 100% right. There's no way this happens before the night of. But let's say, you know, as you said, one of those teams, like maybe Pittsburgh wants to move up and get and make sure to grab, uh, I don't know, like you said, their quarterback or maybe an offensive lineman, I was going to say. But I don't know if that makes sense because the Jets could be in, in a spot for an offensive lineman. But uh, the Saints, maybe the Chiefs, uh, pr- pretty much any team after them, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. And like you said, you could just continue to grab more uh, capital, which is what Joe Douglas seems to like to do to begin with. So, yeah, I mean, I really can't say one way or the other right now because I don't know what the board looks like at 23 or when the Jets are making the trade. But would it shock me if Joe Douglas tried to try to do that? Absolutely not. Um, while I don't think 23 is the the one that I would do, I wouldn't be surprised if it was 34, which is essentially the same kind of same kind of thing there because 34 is basically a first. Uh, if I were to put money on it, I think I would go with 34 being moved, but it could be 23 because they're, they're so close together. So uh, one way or the other, I think there's a good chance one of those gets moved. Um, but I really like that idea a lot, Lucas. I think you bring up a lot of good points. Uh, Mikey from New Jersey is up next, and he wants to talk about this Sam Darnold narrative. What narrative? Let's hear from Mikey. Hey, Matt, it's Mikey from Jersey Collins. I know you probably don't want to talk about this, but I'm getting so fed up with this narrative around what Sam Darnold inherited with the New York Jets. Sam Darnold was the third overall pick in the 2018 draft. He was highly touted as the best quarterback coming out of that draft class. What did he show us in the three years he was with the Jets? He couldn't stay healthy. He couldn't win games. He couldn't, sorry, he couldn't win games. He couldn't stop turnovers. And he couldn't elevate his teammates. So all I'm hearing is this narrative that, oh, the Jets failed him. They didn't surround him with playmakers. They didn't surround him with this. They didn't surround him with that. Why couldn't Sam Darnold, the third overall pick, elevate anyone? He couldn't elevate his receivers. He couldn't elevate the running running game by spreading the ball around. He couldn't even throw the ball downfield. Even if he had a a, a marquee receiver, he couldn't get him the ball. This, this man couldn't throw the ball more than 30 yards accurately, and I, we're, we as Jets fans are supposed to feel bad for him saying that we didn't surround him with good talent. He is the third overall pick, and he could not elevate a single person on this team. He's a great guy, but I'm just so sick of this narrative that we failed him. Possibly, he might have failed us too. 
sorry for the rant. Um, I'm just getting sick of this of this narrative floating around about the Jets. Uh, long time listener, first time caller. Have a good day. Thanks, Mikey. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily fair, though. I, I think you could say that it's, it went both ways, which I believe that's true. I think you could absolutely say that the Jets didn't do enough to put Sam Darnold in a position to succeed while also saying that Sam Darnold didn't do enough to ev- elevate guys around him. I think both of those things can be true. Um, and in a vacuum, you're right. He, d- he didn't help himself. Um, he was also held back in a lot of ways, too. And I don't think that's... I don't think it's fair to kill him on that um, at this point. Um, look, it sucks that it didn't work out. He should have been better himself. The Jets should have did a, a much better job. Realistically, this came to a crashing end when Adam Gase was the hire, um, and things continued to get worse. when Once Adam Gase was hired, and years and years and years of bad drafting with Mike McCagden, who was somehow gift-wrapped this job, which I don't quite understand, and he won Executive of the Year one year. Ironic, but uh, you're right. Sam Darnold didn't do enough, but at the same time, like we can't say that he was put in a good situation. Like I don't think if the Jets if the Jets drafted Josh Allen, I don't think he is the player that he is right now. I think he, he there's a chance he could have been a bigger bust than Sam Darnold because from a talent perspective coming into the league, you can make the case that Sam Darnold was more talented and a better overall prospect than Josh Allen. But Allen was put in a really great situation. And granted, he did take the steps necessary, but there's so many factors that go into it. I don't think you just put it all on the player. I don't think that's fair. Vinny in Peekskill, New York is up next, wants to talk about the Jets situation now. This is a good segue, actually. Jets situation now versus what the situation was like when Sam Darnold was the pick. Hey, Matt, it's uh, Vinny from Peekskill. What's up? I'm obviously calling you less than 24 hours after the Darnold trade, and... As you and I have predicted and felt, this was the direction the Jets were going, and it's for the right reasons. Now, I mean, we got all the Donald fanboys doom and gloom, and, you know, they'll they'll get it out of their system by the time the draft comes, but I just want to dispel any fears of anyone about the Jets screwing this up again. Well, we don't know what will happen in the future, what we do know for sure is that the Jets are certainly in a far better position than when they drafted Sam Donald in 2018. They're far better organization-wise, they're far better coaching-wise, and they're far better roster-wise, and the last but not least, they're far better resource-wise in terms of this year and in the future when it comes to draft picks. Because in the end of the day, the biggest thing that ruined Sam Donald was not the coaching, in my opinion, I think it was just the inability of the Jets to build around him. And that was because we had to trade up to get him, and we didn't have those second-round picks that probably would have done a lot more for the Jets than just trading them. And that's all, you know, and go Jets. Yeah, thank you, Vinny, for checking in. You bring up a very good point because the Jets did have to give up picks in order to go up and get Sam Darnold because they won too many games with Josh McCown in 2017. What a disaster. Um, And because of that, it was hurt. I mean, you weren't able to properly build around them. They also took Nathan Shepard, an interior defensive lineman from a D2 school who was like 25 years old when he was drafted with the next pick after that. Like, so many bizarre decisions were made in the last what, three, well, beyond the last three years, but specifically from the moment Sam Darnold was drafted 
onward, very bizarre decisions from the Jets organization. So um, now it seems like I they are in a much better situation because they're not having a trade up. And on top of that, like Joe Douglas is a much more trustworthy general manager and Robert Sala, there's no way he could be worse than Adam Gase. Uh, I know he hasn't coached a game yet in the NFL, but he is so much more respected and his staff is so much significantly better than the, what the Jets were dealing with in the last two years. So you're right. It's already a better situation just because of that. Let's go to Paul up next. He is calling from West Virginia and wants to talk Zach Wilson. Hey, Matt. My name is Paul. I'm from West Virginia. I'm a longtime listener and second time caller. Oh, but I you. just listened to the Joe Douglas press conference, and I've been saying it for a while, ever since we won the game against the Rams and missed out on Trevor Lawrence. I did my deep digging, and I am 100% backing that they are going to be drafting Zach Wilson, 100%. You look at the press conference, you got Joe Douglas smiling. Not, he basically confirmed the report about Steve Young, and he can't give uh, a straight denial <laughs> That, that he didn't recruit the family. So I, I want to, you know, I'm excited. It's the quarterback I want. But I was uh, wondering what your grades for the Jets coaching staff are top to bottom because I, I, I don't want us to ruin this prospect. And I was wondering if this coaching staff would uh, be, the, be the coaching staff to maybe get it done and get us back to the promised land for the first time in 50-plus years, it seems like. Anyway, uh, yeah, Matt, go Jets, and uh, hope to hope to get the answer. Bye. Yeah, um, I agree with you that it definitely is, seems that the New York Jets are going to draft Zach Wilson, which I'm obviously okay with. I've been talking a lot about Zach Wilson pretty much since what November of last year, um, or late November, early December. It doesn't matter. The point is, this has been the conversation for a while here. Um, as far as it goes with the Jets, like I, I just think the infra- we talked about it, but the infrastructure is so much better because they have the draft assets in order to build around their young quarterback. And while Robert Sala is a defensive coach, he brought Mike LaFleur with him who has had success in this league and has been around guys like Kyle Shanahan for a long time at this point. His brother has had success. And the offense in San Francisco and Tennessee, where his brother was, and Green Bay, where his brother is now, has had success. It's not, you know, Dowell Loggins, who wouldn't be in the NFL if it wasn't for Adam Gase. It's not Jeremy Bates, who they found on the side of Mount Kilimanjaro. They have, like, legitimate coaches in here on the offensive side of the ball and the draft capital to continue to build around him. So... Uh, I, I think it's a much, much better situation that Wilson's going to be coming into versus what Sam Darnold was coming into. And I do think that he has the tools to be that guy, to be a franchise quarterback. So we'll obviously see there's no guarantees in any of this, but it's hard for me to sit here and say that I'm not excited about what the Jets' future holds because that's couldn't be further from their truth right now. Uh, Nick from Atlanta is up next, and he wants to talk about Joe Douglas. Hey, Matt, it's Nick from Atlanta. Yep. So I just kind of wanted to hop on here and talk about Joe Douglas and the job he's done. So obviously, if you're evaluating a general manager, the top two things that a general manager does is pick a quarterback and pick a coach and, you know, the resulting staff, scouting department, those kind of things. Obviously, we can't evaluate Joe Douglas on that yet. He has yet to do that. Of course, we got, you know, Sala and, you know, most likely Zach Wilson coming to the building, so we can evaluate that in a few years. But can we talk about the job he's done with trading and drafting? I mean, what if I told you that 
What have I told you before the season? Okay, the Jets are going to go 2-14, and 14, and Sam Darnold's going to have a significantly worse statistical season than Gardner Minshew playing for Doug Marone and the Jacksonville Jaguars, <laughs> and he's going to have a much better statistical season. Look at the QBR, look at all the stats, and, and Joe Douglas is going to turn around and trade him for a second, fourth, and sixth. I mean, that's insane. It is. This guy knows how to work the trade market because, at, like, yes, is it a little bit, a little bit nerve-wracking trading Darnold just because you think like, what if we made the wrong choice? Think about this though. Whenever I listen to like all the like, you know, the the Colin Cowherds, the Stephen A. Smiths of the world, the public experts, they're all like, you know, oh look at the Jets, they're terrible. They can't. They're just gonna ruin Wilson too. I mean, think, think about this. Think about, think about this. Whenever they talk about it and they say, okay, if the Panthers, they made out great. Oh, my God, they got a quarterback. And you know what the first two things they always say? He was drafted third overall, and he's 23 years old. That has nothing to do with what he's actually done. Now, of course, I know, he's unknown. But that's exactly the point. He got a second-round pick for an unknown quarterback who's 23. I mean, hell, I'm an unknown quarterback, and I'm 22. I mean, that doesn't exactly make me worth a second-round pick. And listen, I understand. Sam Darnold's got talent. I'm not saying that. That's but can we just talk about getting two firsts for a safety and a second-round pick for Darnold and a fourth and a sixth? I mean, that, that's, pretty, that's pretty good. I don't know. I, this guy knows how to work the trade market. He is really, really effective at it. Anyway, uh, soon we'll be trading four players instead of trading them away. I really think this guy will uh, know how to work the trade market when we start building this thing. Anyway, I think you do a great job with this show. Thank Just, you. Uh, give me your thoughts on that. All right, bye. Uh, I agree with you 100%. I was blown away by the, like, legitimately stunned with the Jamal Adams trade. I was pleasantly surprised with the Sam Donald return. And one you didn't mention, too, but it is, I think, also worth mentioning, Leonard Williams. He got a third and a fifth for Leonard Williams, who walked. And, yeah, I mean, he put up good numbers this past year with the Giants, and they gave him a massive contract. But, I mean, he's been a really streaky player. And you, you just drafted Quinn and Williams, so you knew the Jets weren't going to pay him. So you were able to get a third and a fifth on that as well. He's done a really good job, and I, I like the hire at the head coach. I like the staff that they've built. It all depends on what they do to build around their next young quarterback, but I, I agree with you, man. The value that he's got on these trades are really impressive. Now, he's got to start using these draft assets and drafting players to come in here and succeed, but on the surface of what he did in order to get this these assets – it's really, really good. So hopefully he comes through and has another draft class like he did last year because there was a lot to be excited about on the 2020 draft class, and maybe we'll be saying the same thing, hopefully we will, about the 2021 and 2022 draft class. And there's no reason to believe that this 2022 Jets team, not this year but the following year, can't be a competitive team with the 21 picks they have over the next two years. Just there's no reason to say that. Uh, ben in Jersey is up next. He wants to talk about Sam Darnold's trade value and what the Jets were able to get. What's up, Matt? It's Ben from Jersey. So, obviously, I'm, t I'm calling on Wednesday. Two days ago, the big trade has been made. Sam Darnold has been sent to the Carolina Panthers for a 2021 sixth-round pick, a 2022 second-round pick, and a 2022 fourth-round pick. Now, I've seen a lot of people complain about the value. Like, oh, we why didn't we get a pick? Why didn't we get a second-round pick this year? This isn't good value. Well, they're wrong. 
considering that a lot of analysts just like a few days before the trade happened considered said they wouldn't even give up a third round pick for Sam Darnold. This is great value. Getting three draft picks for for the guy who was the thirty second ranked quarterback. That's a great that's a win in my book. Even though we didn't get a pick out of it this year, or at least uh higher draft Yeah, it was pick. a sixth. Now this thanks to the now this shows that we are definitely drafting a quarterback. I don't buy the I mean, Joe Douglas says he's gonna keep his options open at pick two. He's there's no way he trades out of pick two. If he trades out of pick two, I have no idea what to say. We riot. He's gonna either take <laughs> Zach Wilson or Justin Fields, and they will be the one they one of them will be the one to try to quarterback this team back to football relevance. Yeah. And obviously, I wish all the best for Sam. We played the Panthers this year. I hope you put. I mean, I hope we. I hope this defense makes him see ghosts. That's all I'm saying. Oh, overall, harsh. I hope he does well in Carolina. <laughs> I know this is not the place where you want him to go because he'd be reunited with Robbie and Matt Rule. Could have been the coach of the Jets in 2019, yeah. but obviously, he's now the Panthers coach. So I know it hurts for you, but I still think we won the trade. And all I have to say is that this Panthers-Jets game better be a nationally televised game. This game better be Sunday Night Football. That's all I have to say regarding the trade. Let me know what you think about the trade. Did we win the trade? Did the Panthers win the trade? Let me know what you think, and as always, go Jets. Yeah, I think that it leans more towards the Jets. I don't hate the trade from the Panthers' side. Uh, they didn't give up a premium asset this year, only the sixth, and then the second and fourth next year. But from the Jets' side of things, I think it was a good return. I really do. Um, I don't think they're going to play on Sunday night. When was the last time the Jets played on Sunday night football? I don't even know. Thursday night, maybe. Maybe they'll play on Thursday night football or a Monday night game. Um I, I, I think the Jets did a really good job. I think Joe Douglas did a really good job, and this team is set up to be completely different looking after the draft this year where you have a ton of picks and after the the year after where you have two firsts and two seconds and two fourths, right? Yes. Next this year you have two firsts, two thirds. Next year you have two firsts, two seconds, two fourths. This team could look very, very different, very different in a short amount of time. So I love it. Absolutely love it. Jeremy is up next. We got another voicemail on Darnold reaction. Hey, Matt, it's Jeremy uh, from Sacramento again. Hey, I just wanted to, like, react to your um, video about Sam Darnold. Um, hey, I love the kid. I think he's a great kid, great person, great character. I, you know, I don't want to ever beat up on him because he's such a good person. Um, but just being honest as a player, um, I agree with everything he said. That there was absolutely nothing that set him up to be successful. Um, at the same time, I do want to point out that um, – I think you probably agree with this. I don't think, no matter what, I don't think he was going to ever be a great player. I think he has a chance to become a good player or, you know, good enough quarterback that with the right pieces around him, a team that could win, kind of like Steve in, you know, San Francisco, like, you know, Grapple or whatever. Like, like the possibility of winning if you have a good enough team around you and doing enough to win, yeah, I think so. But um, uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, Aaron Rodgers, or Mahomes, obviously, you're probably laughing. No. <laughs> I like a Right. Like, if he was ever, like, going to be at that level, like a true guy that you pick with a number two pick, like total works out superstar, 
he's going to look better and make the team better, no matter, even without the coaching and a bad team around him, right? I mean, because any of those guys, you know, those great players, you're going to see greatness in them even if they don't have the supporting cast, even though, and even if, like, Deshaun Watson, Watson wasting away in Houston right now. Um, But, you know, one of my points is, I mean, this last year when Flacco came in, when Joe Flacco came in, I didn't feel we were any less competitive as a team. Like, I didn't feel, oh, we can't win because we don't have Sam Darnold, we have Joe Flacco. And that's not a very big endorsement for Sam as a player when you don't feel a drop-off from Joe Flacco, a guy who's, like, way past his prime. Um, and you're talking about a number two pick in the draft overall. So I agree the Jets did not pick him up, you know, did not set him up to be successful. I agree that he could be a good quarterback in the right situation, like good enough to give a team that's not built for a quarterback to carry them, but uh, but really to just be good enough. Um, I don't know that ha- – I don't think Carolina's going to be very good, which makes me very excited about our – Second pick, I think the, the second round pick next year that we got from them is going to be a top 40 pick. I really do. I don't think Carolina is going to be very good next year. I think it's going to end up being a great trade for us in just that, that we're going to get a top 40 pick out of it. Um, and I want to definitely hear your opinion of that and your reaction to what I'm saying about Joe Flacco and not being any worse when he was um, starting. Ticker? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's scary that when Joe Flacco came in, you can make Joe Flacco was better than Sam Darnold this year. It wa- It wasn't. Oh man, it's going back, and you gotta we gotta deal with Joe Flacco. He was the better quarterback, which is sad. It's really sad what happened to Sam. It is. It's it's not fair. It stinks. All those things can be true, but at the same time, like they were able to get the ball down the field so much more with Joe Flacco, which Donald couldn't get the ball down the field. He just couldn't. And part of it's because mechanics went away. He, he was never really great at the deep ball to begin with, but. Just so much started to go wrong with him after, at the tail end of year two into year three. And just, it, it had to be done. It had The Band-Aid had to come off. And you're right. There's a very good chance the Jets get a top 40 pick out of it, which would be insane. I mean, next year, let's say, I don't know, it's pick. We'll just use 40 as the landmark for where the Panthers pick's going to be. Where do we think the Jets finish next year? Maybe 15th pick in the first round? And Seattle, maybe 25. So if you tell me you have picked 15, 25, 40, and like, what, a couple of picks after that, you're going to have four top 50 picks? Not bad. Really not bad at all. I can get behind that. I really could. So, um, yeah, it stinks that Joe Flacco was playing better in 2020 than Sam Darnold, but I think that tells you the reason why it was time to move on as well. Matt in Tennessee is next, and he wants to talk about picks 23 and 34 and what the plan should be. Hey, Matt. This is Matt from Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, I was calling about – I wanted to call about our pick 23 and 34, and uh, I guess I'm just getting a little – I don't want to say irritated, but uh, I don't understand You know, people screaming for a corner or an edge rusher at 23 or 34 – or some people have, you know, corner at 23 and then edge at 34. Um, I just kind of wanted to bring this up because since 2002, we've had 21 first-round picks. We've used six of those 21 picks in the first round on offense. Two of those were quarterbacks. So we've had four first-round picks since tw- or 2002 that have been used to surround your quarterback with offensive talent to help him succeed. Okay, so four out of the 21 since 2003. 
And if this is the most important position in all of sports at, at quarterback, and we still have people wanting to use our premium draft assets on defense at this point, it doesn't make sense to me. And it's just kind of frustrating that we sit here and scratch our heads on why we haven't had a good quarterback since Chad Pennington. And, you know, we're, we're surrounding our new quarterbacks with offensive talent around three and four instead of one and two. So uh, I can, I can live with losing on defense for the next year or two. I'm fine with that. We can fix that later as far as I'm concerned, you know, draft them in round three or whatever and kind of switch it. But I can't sit through watching Zach Wilson or Justin Fields or whoever we draft struggle. After what we see, or after what we just done to Sam Darnold, so I don't know how people are screaming for defense at at 23 and stuff like that. So, um, as far as I'm concerned, I I like the people who are taking guard at 23 and 34, or even at 34. I don't even care what position it is. I just want it on offense. I know wide receiver isn't the biggest need. Uh, I'm not a big fan of running back that high. I don't think we need tight end that bad. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, if we can get like Kadarius Tony or somebody to um, show up that receiving core a little bit more or another another guard at 34, I'd be perfectly happy with that. We just need to surround our new quarterback with talent from day one, uh, especially after you know what happened to Joe Burrow last year with that bad offensive line. If our quarterback tears his ACL, Greg Newsom, you know, are we going to be happy with that draft pick when Zach Wilson's getting hit 20 times a game? So I don't know, just let me know what you think about that. I'm curious if uh anybody else has noticed how many times we've taken defense um since the early two thousands. So uh thanks for your show. I appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate the check in. Um I agree with the overall sentiment for the most part, but we're leaving some context out a little bit. Uh, on some of those misses, they've got an interior defensive line, which is a low position of value. Now, I don't think anyone who says they want a defensive player at 23 or 34 is saying that they want um, another interior defensive lineman or a linebacker. Like, we're talking about a, a, a starting cornerback. The Jets need a starting quarterback. I don't think you could say, ah, oh, we'll find a starting quarterback in round three. That's not really fair to have a, a round three player have to come in and be effectively a number one or number two corner on this team. The only way you can sell me on it being both on offense is if you go guard-guard that or guard-center with Creed Humphrey. Fine. Okay. That'd be great. But to sit here and say like, Oh, the jets, they don't need to spend the high end pick on a corner. I think is a massive mistake. And you kind of answered your own question at the end there running back. Like this team's not taking a running back at pick 23 or 34. No way with the amount of needs they have tight ends. Don't really need to with Chris Herndon. And maybe you can find one later and you have Tyler Coft and wide receiver. Okay, great. You take Kadarius Tony at twenty three. Where where is he be- going to play? Because you already have Corey Davis, who you just paid significant chunk of change to come and play here. Denzel Mims, who we feel good about. Jamison Crowder, who is a very good slot receiver, and Keelan Cole. So he's coming in to be a fourth or a fifth receiver. You're going to spend the first round pick on a fourth or a fifth receiver. I wouldn't. I would take Nico Collins in the third round and maybe have a, a fourth or a fifth receiver as him. And then when Jamison Crowder walks after this upcoming year. Then you elevate him to a top three receiver in that sort of a way. But you kind of answered your own question. Unless you're going to offensive linemen at 23 and 34, which I'm okay with, then you have to mix corner in. That's too big of a need. They don't have a a starting outside corner, and they don't have a starting slot corner as they're speaking, as we speak right now. I'm not talking about safety. I'm not talking about linebacker. I'm not talking about interior defensive linemen. I'm not even talking about edge. But corner is a different story. That's not all just some other defense position. 
It's a passing league, like you kind of say by talking about Zach Wilson. So you need corners to stop that and, and edge and uh, a pass rush. And the Jets have a good pa- have a good pass rush now because you have uh, you just paid out money out the wazoo to bring in uh, Lawson, who I love. Vinnie Curry, you brought in uh, for depth, which I also love. John Franklin, John Franklin Myers, um, Quentin Williams, uh, Sheldon Rankins, you brought in. Uh, Fadu Kasi, uh, Kyle Phillips. Like there, there are guys in the front who can get after the quarterback for sure, but they don't have any corners. <laughs> they need a corner. So while I understand wanting to lean more offense when drafting a, a rookie, which I agree with, I think you can, you need to add to this offense. I'm not saying you draft your rookie and then go all defense after that. That's not what I'm saying. I just think that if you're going to take a offensive lineman at 23, which I'm okay with, then okay, 34, you probably need to take a corner. And if you're not taking corner, then you probably need to take another offensive lineman. 23 and 34 should either be an offensive lineman or a corner. That's it for both of those. That's honestly where I'm at right now. Last one, Matt in New Jersey wants to talk 2022 needs. Interesting. Let's hear from Matt. Hey, Matt. It's Matt from New Jersey. So I just got a question for you about um, next year. So... What do you think our biggest need will be in the 2022 season? So not not this up, not this future season, the one after that. Um, personally, I think it's they it might be linebacker. Um, I don't have a lot of faith in T.J. Mosley because he's getting up there in age. Um, so I like uh, taking linebacker with the third round pick, where we go quarterback and then corner. An edge, or not edge, uh, guard. And then in the third round, we take someone like uh, Jabril Cox. So, uh, yeah, just let me know what your, what you think the biggest need will be in the 2022 season, and then hmm. someone that we might be able to take somewhere in the draft to try and fight against that. So that's it. Uh, have a good one. Go, Jets. I like it. Uh, linebackers probably on my list as was your list. So, uh, Monty Rice in the mid rounds is someone that I've, I've come to like, uh, just cause of his speed, I think is really exciting. Um, corner could potentially be in a need depending on what happens in the draft this year slash if they just bring in like a Richard Sherman as a stopgap kind of a thing. Uh, offensive line hopefully isn't, but, uh, there's a chance that it could be and potentially tight end depending on what happens with Chris Herndon, uh, this year. I don't think the Jets are going to spend early on a uh, on a tight end in this draft, but like those are the positions that I look at right now and say oh, I can see that becoming a need in 2022. Hopefully, quarterback isn't. Hopefully, running back isn't. Hopefully, wide receiver should not be. Um, edge shouldn't be, or just interior defensive line shouldn't be. Safety maybe if Marcus May ends up walking, then maybe safety becomes creeps in a little bit. But uh, to me, linebacker jumps out. And for the reason that you said, because CJ Mosley should come in and play this year. But after that, uh, I don't know, not so much. So let me know what you think about this episode and everything. Please make sure to subscribe if you are new, whether you get it on YouTube or in podcast form. Really appreciate the love and support. So uh, give a thumbs up, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Really appreciate it. For now, I'm Matt O'Leary, and I will talk to you next time.